Hi, podcast listeners. Chris here. Today's interview was originally recorded in January, but a lot has obviously changed since then. The pandemic has had a financial impact felt around the world. Our in-depth conversation with Michelle reveals someone who is resilient and optimistic about the future. That resilience has certainly been tested since early March. So I wanted to start with a brief check-in with how Michelle was handling things. This first part was recorded on April 17th. When it was clear that the pandemic was, you know, going to affect everyone, not just some story that's kind of far away, um, and it was going to lead to closures and stay-at-home orders, or every state has a different thing, I I know, but um, I know you do live in a state where that's uh, the case. What was your, your initial reactions in terms of how you know, it, it might have, how you thought that it might have affected or might affect your finances? Well, you know, it was kind of scary because I was sitting at work and it kind of unfolded pretty quickly. I know things were starting to happen. I actually um, had a family wedding that we had planned on within the next few days. And within that day, things just started to really unfold. And I remember my boss coming in and saying, we are going to have to shut down City Hall. And I remember thinking to myself, like, what, how is that, like, how is that going to work? Because first and foremost, the first thing I was thinking was, are we going to get paid for this? Because I know a lot of people um, have to use sick time or things like that. So I wasn't sure how that was going to happen. And then I immediately jumped into how was I going to perform my duties from work at home if they were going to allow me to still work and pay me. But there's, you know, I work more than one job. My second job has been affected where I've lost all pay for that. So it's put a huge stress on me, of course, just the financial part of it. Like, how am I going to make my payments? How am I going to, you know, keep up my car payment, keep up my insurance, keep up my cell phone? Because of course, you definitely want to have a phone in the time, you know, it's not something I want to let go. Um, So a lot of it was just worry, how were we going to make it um, financially? It really, of course, it was the virus was the first thing I thought, of course, it was the fear of, you know, the virus and worried about my whole family. But then my biggest concern was at that point, what do I do to pay my bills? Cleanings on the weekends, obviously, I can't go into other people's homes. Um, As much as my clients need me for hair, I obviously can't do that. So it's been very stressful. That is how a lot of that extra money I get in those jobs is how I feed my family. That's how I put gas in my car, you know, all the extras that I need just to live off of. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's why I do those two extra jobs, just because, you know, trying to climb your way out of debt. Um, it's not always easy, but I was really seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. My mom actually works for one of the hospitals in our area. She's 73 years old and she has an autoimmune um, deficiency with rheumatoid arthritis. So it was in her best interest to self-quarantine and not be working the front lines. So she went on a a family medical leave act and has been home pretty much for the whole time. And just one particular day, she decided that she really wanted to do something to help all of her coworkers and help people in this field. And, you know, one thing she likes to do is feed everybody. So she was going to deliver some food, very carefully, of course, not leaving her vehicle. They were going to come out and just take it from 
um, the back of the SUV, which happened to be mine because I wanted, you know, she didn't have enough room in her small car. So I gave her my SUV to take to the hospital. She delivered the food to everybody and they were of course very thankful and she almost made it completely home and somebody driving another vehicle, driving maybe 60 miles an hour in a 40 zone, flew in through the center lane and totaled the car. Thank goodness, by the grace of God, my mom is okay. But unfortunately, I lost the SUV in the process. Mm. So on top of everything else and the financial strain of losing income, now I have, my vehicle is gone. My vehicle is totaled. So now it's a matter of dealing with insurance companies and how am I going to replace this vehicle? Well, in, you know, where I'm at right now, financially, things are looking better but I'm still not in a good spot to where my credit score is great to where I can go finance a decent vehicle and things like that. So I have the stress of that as well. Thankfully, I was able to get another vehicle, which I was very afraid because I thought, you know, they do it in tears, of course, and everything relies on that credit score. So I don't know if it was because everything that's going on, they're just doing a little more to help people, but they ended up bumping me up to like a higher tier because they knew my situation they knew what happened. So I was able to be financed for a lease. Unfortunately, it's not in the best rate that I would want to be at. So the payment is substantially higher than the used vehicle I had. I mean, there's a lot more perks to it, of course, for safety reasons. And I know I'll save a lot more on gas money because it's, you know, more cost efficient that way. But of course, my insurance went up, my payment went up substantially. That's just hard. And that's, like I said, I'm happy that the car was replaced. I'm, I'm glad everybody's safe. But now again, now I have to figure out how I'm going to make that payment. We have no idea how long this is going to last, when we'll get back to work. Um, and are you, are you still receiving full pay from your full-time job? I am still. Re thank goodness I am. Now, as of May 1st, when, we you know, when the governor decides if they're shutting down or not any further, we're not sure. Will we be on unemployment? I'm not sure. I'm hoping we're back to work because it sounds like it's almost impossible to even get through for unemployment right now because my mom is also in a sticky situation because she's used all of her sick time in vacation time and now she is awaiting in hopes to get unemployment. So we're not even sure where she stands at this point. And, and you both contribute to the household, like she yes. covers some of the bills and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. So I'm really trying to maneuver through all these processes, and to be honest with you, reaching out to the cell phone company, trying to figure out ways, um, because I can't make that payment right now, unfortunately, so I don't want to occur late fees, and so I did take care of that, and they worked great with me um, on that. So I, I do know that companies are helping out a lot. I also received a late fee on something, and I called, and they took care of it for me today, so that was great. But I don't know how long this is going to go on. So I'm not, will I be able to go back to my other, you know, second and third job? How soon? Because I really do rely on that to live off of. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you're, you're doing the best you can to make it work in the short term. But with all the uncertainty, there's, there's a lot of anxiety for how it could play out in the coming months. Right. And in all honesty, the last thing I needed to do was go in and lease a new car. But there's nothing I can do. I mean, I have to get to and from. You know, I can't live without a car, so it was something that had to be done. It wasn't like it was, you know, I wanted it, but I definitely needed it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I really wanted this chance to follow up with you. Just, I mean, we, we have the name Real Stories 
and we have the word right. real for a reason, right? And so um, as we listen to your original story, it, it certainly has a very positive outlook because it was, that was genuinely yes. how you were feeling at the time. But we also want to, you know, give you, you a chance to tell it like it is right now. If the pandemic had happened a year ago or so before you had reached out to Green Path, how do you think things might have played out differently? And here I'm asking both financially, but also just emotionally. Like, oh, absolutely. Be a, oh, it would be a huge difference because before I called you guys back then, I felt like there was nothing I could do. There was, I, there was no way of climbing my way out. Um, and that was working the two extra jobs. So if that pandemic would have, this would have happened before I went to Green Path, I really don't know where I'd be um, back then because take away, you know, all the extra income and have triple the debt um, with the interest rates. I was constantly trying to pay them. Nothing was coming off, but now I wouldn't have anything coming in. So how would I make those late fees? How would I pay those 30% interest? I can't even imagine. I don't even want to think about what would have happened if I wasn't with Green Path. Because even when I got on my portal this morning, I was looking at everything and I'm watching the numbers come down. And as much as the last few days have been rough with the car and the, the last month with um, loss of income, I still had that part that that was still being taken care of. Um, the numbers are coming down. I have quite a few cards paid off now, 14 months in. So it does give me um, hope that I'm still on the right path. And this is just a small bump in the road. So that's where Michelle is today. But how and why does she still have optimism in the face of such hardship? Let's go back to my original interview with her. It feels like a lifetime ago, but here's our conversation from January. Welcome to episode five of Real Stories, Journeys of Financial Wellness. I'm Chris DeLugazima. Next up in the hot seat is Michelle. After listening to our first episode with Katie, she was inspired to share her story. If you've listened to our first three episodes, you've heard stories of people who have completed their journeys of becoming debt-free. Michelle, on the other hand, is in the middle of her journey. As you listen to her story, think about which parts feel similar to yours. When my team reviews the podcast, we normally do a fair amount of editing. In Michelle's case, we decided to leave in almost the entire interview. I've talked to thousands of people about their money concerns in a confidential setting. So many of these people think that they're alone. Michelle's willingness to share her story publicly reminds us that we may have more in common than we think. Thank you, Michelle, for joining us today. Um, all right, I'm just going to start with a, a, an off-script question. Um, okay. What was your reaction? I know you had uh, listened to the, to the podcast. What was your reaction to that? You know what? Actually, when I was when I was listening to your podcast, I was kind of relating with her because a lot of her story I found in mine, and it's just it amazes me that there are so many people out there that are going through the same process, you really don't feel like, I mean, you kind of feel like you're alone. You feel like it's, you know, you're the only one suffering. It's kind of a, you know, a little secret hidden thing that you're trying to keep in. You don't want people to know. So 
listening to that podcast, it just reiterated everything that um, I was going through, that I wasn't alone, that other people were going through it. And I could relate to a lot of her story. You know, when I went into this, a lot of my thought was um, I needed help for one. I was surprised how quickly I got the help and how relieved I was when I first got into it. But like I said, just sharing your story, it's kind of amazing how much that I do rely on the Facebook and now rely on these new podcasts that are coming out. Because like I said, it's just, it's such a big deal to know that there are other people that are going through it as well. I understand you were caught off guard about 10 years ago. Uh, when your mortgage payment unexpectedly increased. Could you tell me more about, I guess, first, what led to the payment increase and then how you subsequently addressed it? Okay, so we went into, it was our second home that we bought. We went into um, a mortgage and I thought I was really good at reading the fine print. I was always very cautious about things like that, but, you know, signing a mortgage, there's so much paperwork and I went into it thinking I could understand it on my own and eventually opened up the mail one day to a new mortgage payment and it was almost double. Wow. And I thought, I don't understand. So I started doing my research, calling my mortgage company and they're like, oh, you're in an armed rate mortgage. I didn't even know what that was back then, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know what that means, like armed rate mortgage. A quick note here, when Michelle refers to an arm rate mortgage, she's referring to an adjustable rate mortgage, basically a mortgage where the interest rate and payment adjusts over time, usually on an annual basis. In her case, she had a fixed payment and interest rate for a certain period of time, and when the initial period ended, it reset, and as she explains, her payments got much higher. Like, oh, you were locked in for so long, and now you're not. So I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Right. So I started to scramble, um, started talking to people, started calling different mortgage companies. And there was actually a family friend that had just gotten into doing mortgages. And she worked up a whole new loan, got me approved, and put me through um, the whole mortgage process again, which of course you're paying closing fees and points and everything else. So they got my mortgage down, but not as far down as it was. And later on, I realized I was actually better off staying in the armed rate for a while. Um, but again, that's pretty much what led me to the situation where I am at now, is battling mortgage companies is pretty much what it was. And I was using my savings to um, pay my mortgage fees. So I was pretty much always looking for a better mortgage rate. And from the minute we hit that armed rate and it doubled, we never went back down to the payment that we were comfortable with. So we were always scrambling to make that payment every month. And at the time I was married, my husband worked, I worked, we had good jobs. Um, we had two kids. So of course, you know, the expense of having two children, but yeah, we never really had a payment that we could afford. We had too much house for what we could afford pretty much. So you were able to refinance the mortgage, but I understand that that was as that maybe right after was happening is when the housing yes. market started to take a downturn, property values went down. So how were you affected by the market dive that happened during that time? Well, you know, I ended up, um, talked about selling the home, trying to get into something else that we could afford while the market took a dive. And my now at the time, $180,000 home was valued at about $95,000. So I was stuck. There was nothing I could do to get out of it. So in our process, we thought, you know, we'll just sell this house, start fresh, 
you know, something a little more affordable. Market takes a dive. Well, we could afford a beautiful home at a decent price then because the houses were so much cheaper than what ours was at the time we bought it. But we were way over our head in our mortgage. So, I mean, like by thousands of dollars, we were, and obviously you can't get out of that. So we were pretty much stuck. There was nothing yeah. we could do. We couldn't get the payment down. We couldn't sell. So we were told over and over again, walk from your home, walk from your home. I didn't want to walk from my home. Or back then people were doing the, um, oh, go take out a mortgage on another house and then walk from your home. Well, I've always been really proud and I always wanted to pay the debt that I made myself and I didn't want to walk away from it. Um, and I loved the house that I was in. I didn't want to leave my home. And then I thought, well, where else would I go? You know, so that was, that was a tough decision and we couldn't go out, you know, on our incomes, we didn't make a lot of money. So we couldn't go out and get a mortgage for another house. You know, we didn't have, you know, the debt to income ratio. We couldn't take out another mortgage like some other people were able to do. And then they walked from their homes, but I was too proud to, do, even if I could, I was too proud of a person to do that. Yeah. I figured, you know, it was my debt, it was my home. And I just, I couldn't imagine walking away from it. So, yeah. So we stayed and we just tried to make ends meet. A quick note. In my next question, I asked Michelle if she ended up taking advantage of any government programs that were available during the Great Recession. I mentioned HARP and HAMP. These were programs to refinance and modify one's loan. Michelle goes on to share her thoughts on her experience dealing with mortgage lender. There was a lot of confusion during this time by both borrowers and mortgage servicers. Scams were certainly common. There were also many cases where well-intentioned programs did not work for a number of reasons, which led to lots of frustration and pain. Being a housing counselor at that time, there was in theory, a lot of government type programs. There was, yes. uh, I don't know if the phrase uh, HARP and HAMP and if any of these. Yes. Like, did, were those any, did those seem to be options that could have been on the table or had you tried for any of them or like, how did that play out? Actually, that would be my next, my next thought process in this was to go on to tell you what eventually did happen with the home. And that was exactly that. There was a company that was gonna help us and it was within our mortgage company and I had no idea. It really was a scam is what it was. So I would call the mortgage company and the mortgage company would say, okay, I'm going to put you with this department. Well, this department was going to help me and how they were going to help me were there. You're going to pay me a thousand dollars right now. This is my mortgage company. And then what we're going to do is we're going to bring your payment down. We're going to bring your payment down for six months until you get back on your feet. And they're charging me to do this. So I start paying for them to do this. So I'm taking more money that I really don't have to buy my payment down. Now, like I said, if I could go back now, I would change everything. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case for us. So I worked with one department, tried to make the payments they wanted me to make. They'd bring my payment down for a few months, and then they would raise my payment again. So I'd call back and they'd say, we're going to put you with another department. And I was on the phone all the time going back and forth to different mortgage, you know, through the mortgage company, different departments on what I was going to do. And then after that, I finally had to get an attorney because I was, I, there was nothing I could do at this point. And he said, you know, you fought a good fight, but you were never saving that house. So I'm like, I don't understand. He said one, one part of the company was taking more money from you in, you know, hopes, in your hopes that you were saving the home. But really the other department over here was actually in the process of taking your home. Because back then, once they took the home, 
they've got, you know, they got that credit for it, then they sold it. So they were actually making a lot of money. And I kept thinking, if they could sell it for 90,000, why didn't they just bump my mortgage down? You know, why, why didn't they take it from 175 down to 90 and let me stay in my home? But they were actually making money off that process. So, and that also, when all that was going on, my husband at the time lost his job of 25 years. So this is all in the same time frame as we're fighting the mortgage company. He loses his job. He's just five months shy of 25 year retirement and they shut down their whole warehouse here and they did relocate and they took him for a few, like two months to a different part of the state. And unfortunately it was something that we, he couldn't keep up with because we would have had to keep a home there, keep a home here. It just wasn't feasible. So five months shy of 25 years, he walked away from that job unfortunately. And, and the tw would he have been eligible for some sort of retirement benefit at that 25-year mark or? Yes, at the 25-year mark he would have been. So unfortunately wasn't a great decision that he made then um, also with us in the process of trying to save our home and unfortunately that's where um, I just couldn't there was just too much at that point Financially, I couldn't handle things. Uh, the stress was getting to me. I was working two and three jobs. I, my son had applied for um, school and he wanted to go away to college, his first year of college and play football. And there was nothing I could do because you know, he lost his job. Well, when he lost his job, he took out his 401k. Well, unfortunately I didn't know about that, but he took all of his 401k out. So I got something in the mail that said, hey, you made this much income. So I had to show it. And I remember sitting at the school and I looked at the football coach and he said, um, you know, you would be better off a single mom. And so sadly, that's where the story turns is I ended up a single mom at that point. And so now my finances were now cut in half and I had to walk away from the house that I loved and that I was fighting to keep. So a lot of things were hitting at once, right? All, all at once. Yeah, a lot of divorce, things were happening. house, bankruptcy, yep. trying to put your kid through school and all this yes. stuff. Yes, yep. Um, so it sounds like each event that was happening made the other events harder to, to cope with or harder to Absolutely. strategize around. And I couldn't, I couldn't think clearly. I kept thinking whatever decision I make, I'm making the wrong decision. I just, I never know what to do. You know, yeah. do I hold on to the house and I stay there? Does he try to stay there? Like we did everything in our power to try to save the home for one of us. And there was nothing we could do. We were backpedaling all the time. Um, and unfortunately, like I said, the mortgage companies back then, they really weren't helping us. They were just taking more money from us is what they were doing. And yeah. in the long scheme of things, they were taking that house. And so I finally reached out to an attorney and talked with him and it had been brought up numerous times to file bankruptcy. You know, cause now I have credit card debt because my husband wasn't working for two years. The house, you know, mortgage is too high and everybody kept saying, file bankruptcy, file bankruptcy. So I thought, what am I gonna do now? So that's when I called the attorney and he said, you fought a good fight, but you were never saving that house. So I had no choice but to file bankruptcy at that point, only and because of the house. Yeah, yeah. So that was the major major driver, but you also had other debt as well that was yes, wrapped absolutely. With that as well. And yeah. and then that gave you so at that point, did you you guys walked away or you walked away from the house after we right actually, after the or? Un unfortunately I ended up moving my two children in with my mom. Um, he stayed in the home and we stopped making the payments on the home. 
Um, very sad situation, like I said, because I was a proud person. He was a proud person. We wanted to take care of our debt. We didn't want, we never wanted that. And then I had to go through the embarrassing struggle of filing for bankruptcy at that point. And that just was a horrible, horrible feeling. I didn't like any part of that. Um, I know people that have done it multiple times. They're like, yay, I'm out of debt. That is, I did not feel that way at all. Yeah. I sat up, I sat up in the bankruptcy courtroom and cried because I felt like I was a failure. I felt like, um, I guess I, sadly to say, I felt trashy because I was just, I was one of those that was just going to walk away from it. Like, I almost felt like they were looking at me like, oh, she's a repeat offender, even though I wasn't. Um, like it was like, oh, she just racked up a bunch of debt and wants out of it. That's how you feel. Yeah. You know, that's how I felt as I was sitting there. So it was actually a very hard process for me to go through bankruptcy. But I had a $175,000 mortgage that was going to fall on me. And at the time, I was making about 28000 a year. So yeah, so the math didn't, didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, didn't work out. So one of the things you mentioned is throughout this time, you know, you, you had um, moved with your two kids, I think you said, right? Yeah, I had two kids. To your, your mom's house. Yeah. What, how, how did, how did things start to shake out financially as, as that change had, had happened? So you talked about the bankruptcy was sort of part of that. Right. Time, but what, what else did you, you kind of experience financially during that time? Well, you know, the thing is, uh, you would think, you know, oh, she doesn't have a house payment now. You know, she doesn't have this or that or whatever. But just on the income that I was trying to live off with two kids, paying for my health insurance, because I pretty much covered all their health insurance. I had to pay for, you know, full dental I paid for. I had to pay the percentage that my work didn't cover. Um, medical bills. My daughter got sick for quite for a little while after the divorce. She wasn't doing so well, so I racked up a lot of um, medical debt that way. Um, and I was solely paying that myself. So you would think, okay, well, she just walked out of this big mortgage, but I lost my husband's income. I was paying for medical at that point. Um, and then I and I had a car, a much nicer car. I was always wanted to, to have a nice car, so I had a big car payment that I couldn't afford. So I was constantly struggling. I never, even after the bankruptcy, I had relief that I didn't have to worry about the house per se, but then I had all this guilt also of that, you know, I just walked away and didn't um, do what I needed, you know, do what I needed to do. Um, so I had that. My son had just started college. And to be honest with you, just putting food in his dorm room for me was almost impossible. Mm -hmm. And I can remember, um, open up credit cards. I would open up more credit cards after my, surprisingly enough, after my bankruptcy, it wasn't long, very much long after, you could open up a credit card, no problem. It was a very high interest rate. There was a fee, there was this, but in my mind, I could always, well, I'll pay it off next month. You know, I'll get them some groceries and then next month I'll be able to pay it off. Well, with an interest rate like they were giving me, it was impossible to get rid of them. So I just started, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul pretty much and open up more debt. How aware were you at that time compared to now? Were you of, of what you were getting into? You know what? Well, I really wasn't because in my mind, I was just desperate to get the bills paid pretty much. Make sure my kids had food on the table. Make sure the medical bills were paid. You know, my daughter had $7,000 worth of braces. I had my, my, my dental covered none of that. So that meant open up a care credit, but they didn't give me enough. So I would charge... Um, I would pay a $300 payment. I would charge a $300, like it was never going down, but it was 0% interest for one year. So I'm like, oh, I can do that in a year. 
well, that year came and went and nothing was paid down. So just kept snowballing. There's another thing that you mentioned is that you really were doing a lot of side hustles during this time. Um, yes. Bring in additional income. So, you know, what did you do to bring in extra income? And you mentioned that it didn't actually put you over the top. So how did it feel when that extra income didn't end up being enough? That was the scariest part because um, all the way up until I signed with Green Path, even now I still have that extra work. I clean houses on the side and I was a hairdresser by trait before um, taking my job almost 15 years ago. So I still do hair on the side. I still um, clean houses. I was doing much more back then. Um, and just the feeling of exhaustion. I was always exhausted and my brain was always going. So I couldn't, even if I tried to lay down and relax, I still had all the stress of finances. And now here I am on my own, you know, now I don't have a husband with another income and it's me, it's everything's falling on me. And um, unfortunately he ended up having to take a much lower paying job as well himself. So he didn't he wasn't able to help with medical and all the other things that we needed and my son was over 18 so there was no child support for him he was done he had just turned 18 and so pretty much all that fell on me and all the extra work and side jobs literally just i feel like it aged me it, it, i was exhausted all the time i was mentally exhausted physically exhausted and i kept and, and i would cry and i would say there's nothing else i can possibly do Right. I can't make eight, nine, 10 days in a week and I can't add on another house. Like, what do I do? So some of the next steps you took, the one thing you, you tried to do is, I understand you had tried to kind of reorganize the debt a little bit. So you'd yeah. reached out to a credit union. Um, I to did. Look at consolidation loan. Like, did that address anything? Like what worked with that? What didn't work? You know, it, what? it's funny you say that because I ended up taking out a $9,000 debt consolidation loan. The scary part was I owed about 18. So I took out that 9,000. My credit score wasn't that great. Luckily they even gave it to me, but it was a higher interest rate than the average person would get. So I got a little bit of relief just because instead of paying 10 credit cards, I was paying one bill. You know, of course it was a little higher, but I was paying one bill, but I still had on the other hand, all the other credit cards. And I still had, wasn't making much, I still had, my living expenses, you know, food for my kids, gas in my car, things like that. So I felt like I had a little relief for the first few months, but another bad decision on my part was I just started opening up more credit cards. You know, this one was a little lower interest rate. So I opened this one. I tried to move this one to that one. I was constantly snowballing all of this debt and all I was doing was making more you know, and it wasn't going anywhere. None of it was coming down. And I remember looking at my bills. I'm like, I paid $300 and nothing's come off. I owe more. How is this happening? Like, it didn't yeah. make any sense to me. I mean, I obviously looking at the interest rate, now I can figure it out. But throwing a $39 late payment, throwing a 29.99% interest rate. Oh, and don't forget the over the limit because they decided to lower my credit limits because my interest rate or I made a late payment, which actually I think I made one late payment in my life somehow i was always good about making them on time but i did have something happen with a credit card that i had a dispute on a credit card and i won the dispute but they didn't take it off right away so it put me over my limit and they raised my interest rate to 30 percent almost so even when you win or when you yes. won it didn't feel like you no. were winning. And, it, and it kind of reminds me of what you described of the bankruptcy in the sense that there was mm -hmm 
well, certainly with the credit union loan, there was uh, emotionally a more positive step. But in terms yeah. of the relief, is that mm -hmm. there, there seemed to be this like short-term relief, and then very quickly back to reality when you're like absolutely right back in the same situation. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what happened. So you had shared. I think you said it was last Christmas. There was this. Yeah moment at a at a friend's house well, yeah you said it was a friend's house while you were cleaning the house where this yeah I actually um it was actually one of my co-workers actually who hired me to clean her house on the side she knew years ago i had a cleaning business um it was a very good I, we had a very good cleaning business but that, that i would have had to take you way back then i unfortunately was in a bad car accident so technically i guess that's where my trouble started um where i had to diminish my cleaning business but I ended up I, to make that extra money. I'm like, I'm gonna start cleaning houses again. So she hired me to clean one of her, you know, her house, and it was Christmas time, maybe a week or so before Christmas. And I don't know why I did it or what made me do it, but I had horrible anxiety about Christmas. Christmas is my favorite time of year. Um, I didn't have anything for my kids. My mom has helped me so much here; it's unbelievable. And I had nothing to give her on Christmas. Well, Christmas has always been a big deal for me. I love to give gifts at Christmas probably not a good thing because I've gotten myself in trouble credit card wise that way as well. But I stood in her house and I looked at her and I started to cry and she said, what's going on? And I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? And I said to her, I don't have anything for my mom for Christmas and I really don't have anything for the kids and it's a week away. And she immediately went into like overdrive. She started to talk and first thing she said is this is what you're going to do. Like she didn't want any questions. She didn't want to know all the details. She said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to get up on Monday morning and you're going to call a company called Green Path and you're going to call them and they're going to take care of it for you. I mean it. She says, when you leave here, you think about it. She goes, and then you get up on Monday morning, and you call them. It's called Green Path. Don't call anybody else, she said. And I'm thinking, man, like she was so adamant about this. And then, you know, she's like, you need anything or you have any questions? And I'm like, okay. Well, I walked out of there and I thought to myself, there's no way I'm doing that because now, they're going to take my whole check. They're going to take yeah. my whole check. What am I going to do every week? Because I've heard about debt management companies, you know, and I'm like, not doing it. So I had a talk with my sister and she said the same thing. She says, you know, one of the girls I went to school with, she went to this company called Green Path. Well, it hit me. I'm like, that's so weird. You said that. That's two times in one week that somebody brought up Green Path. And again, in my mind, I was like, nah, I'm not doing it. Monday came and went, not doing it. I said, there's no way I'm going to let somebody else be in charge of my money. And what if it's a scam for one? What if I have no money every week? What am I going to do? So I was adamant that I was not going to do it. I was thinking, absolutely not. It was almost like the same bankruptcy feeling of failure. Like if I did that, I failed. Because, you know, my mom and dad worked really hard. You know, they had nice things. They worked hard for them. I didn't realize when we were younger, I was poor, had no idea. My mom tells me that now. She's, oh, why do you think we had breakfast for dinner? I'm like, didn't know that. So they worked very hard. Um, always had great credit scores. They didn't talk scores. about it. No, yeah. they, no one talked about it. Yeah. So they had great credit scores. You know, they um, were very well, you know, financially worked really well together, budgeted well, and things like that. So my brother and my sister, same thing. They always had money in the savings. They didn't have to worry about how they would get things. And here I am, the youngest that can't get her stuff together. Is what I felt like. I felt like I was a complete failure. Like, why can't I do it? if everybody else can, so. Well, it, it sounds like there was a lot of unknowns. 
Yes. It's, uh, your friend was proposing solutions to you that probably hit yeah. you over the head at the time. Like you, oh, yeah. you sounded like you weren't ready for that, I but it was also planting seeds yes. as, as well in some ways. Yeah. And so obviously you're sitting here being part of this, this uh, podcast. Yes. Did eventually reach out. So I did. What happened? How how did your mindset shift, or what precipitated? You know, actually, I really for I forgot about it after that day of not calling, and my sister bringing it up. I'm like, yeah, that's just not, not something I'm willing to do. And I was working a double shift. I worked all day. I was doing hair all night, and I came upstairs. And I remember I was exhausted, and I sat down, and I, my phone went off, and it was one of my daughter's coaches, and she said listen, you have a balance that needs to be paid. Like, this is it. This, we, we have like two days that we need to get this for her to get what she needs, her to go to camp, you know, all the stuff that she needs. And I'm thinking, what, wait a minute. Like what? I didn't have it. I didn't, I couldn't go to a credit card and take it out. I didn't, you know, there was nowhere for me to get it. And then in the same time, my car broke down. I had almost $3,000 worth of repairs. And I remember walking into work the next day and I took my break and I walked into the walked into the other room in the break room, picked up my phone and I called Greenpath because that was it. There was nothing else I could do. I tried everything in my power to dig my way out. Um, you know, debt consolidation, bankruptcy, everything. I or not debt consolidation, um, you know, the the loan wow. that I did, debt management loan. And I, you know, I did bankruptcy years prior to because of the house. And now everybody, literally that day, everybody's calling me, they need money. And I didn't, I, I was done. I hit breaking point. Um, it was a very, very stressful time for me. And I remember getting on the phone and I wasn't even afraid anymore because I kept hearing Green Path, you know, I heard good things about it. So I wasn't going into a company I knew nothing about. So that did make me feel better. But I'll tell you what, I wasn't on that call 10 minutes and I already felt better. The strangest feeling. If I could, it's this sounds really dramatic, but it was almost like I hit the lottery that day. Like there was actually a light at the end of my tunnel that day. And I, I promise you, it was 10 minutes into the conversation. I was talking to her, telling her all my problems, telling her what was going on. And I said to her, I know this is so embarrassing. It's probably the worst you've ever seen. And she said, Actually, honey, you got a good start. She goes, You're getting it before it is a big problem. And I remember thinking, What? You know, and within yeah. 30 minutes, I had answers. Yeah. Um, she was having somebody call me back with a plan. And by the end of the day, and I thought, you know, I had to get all my own stuff together. I didn't have anything. And I told her, I'm not ready. She said, this is what we need to do. You know, dot, 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 whatever. They, you guys did all the work. I didn't have to do anything. They did a soft launch credit pull. And she, you know, she assured me, it's like a soft pull of your credit. It's not because I was so worried about that credit score, you know, because in my mind, at that time, well, I might need more credit. I might need more credit. You know, like I said, I didn't really know the the process and the, you know, how things were going to pan out for me. But yeah, by the end of the day, I got an email. I had an ID number. I was ready to go. And I was so excited. It's the first time in probably 10 years, I actually had a feeling that I would have financial freedom one day. It's, it's amazing to hear you because it's, you're, you're talking about, you felt, I'm hearing control. Of your system. Yes. And yet yes. the fear that you had when your friend first brought this up is why would I do that? I'd have to give up control. Absolutely. So it's flipped almost. It flipped within um, one phone call. Yeah. And and for those that are listening to this that may not have 
have the context of what it's like to speak to a Green Path counselor. The significance of one of the things that you said is you felt that relief within the first 10 minutes. Yes. Thing is, in the first 10 minutes, and correct me if this wasn't the case, there's no advice given in the first 10 minutes. The first 10 minutes is you just sharing your story. So could you tell me about- But you know what that first- you know yeah. what it was though that first yeah. 10 minutes where i felt like i got control back she told me i wasn't the only one i wasn't alone it wasn't the worst that she had seen um and she said i was it was a like my timing it's like a good start and you're getting it before it's a major problem and i thought wow maybe i'm not as bad off as i thought i was yeah. so even though i didn't have that initial phone call till later in the day where they had a plan for me just talking to her and putting everything out there and her telling me that they could help me and how they were gonna do it and what the process was gonna be, I instantly felt better. You did end up enrolling in the program. Was it right away or? That very, that very day, I, yep, I authorized the, my first payment to come out. Um, and then I put, you know, went into the Facebook, put my ID in there and waited to be accepted. And it's just been a blessing to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it happened, so the call, so the, if you think of like the timeline, when you finally did pick up the phone, you had an initial conversation, later that day had a longer conversation with one of yes. our, our financial wellness experts or our counselors, signed mm-hmm. up that day, payment started whenever they started in terms right. of your pay period, um, but it all was able to happen very, very quickly. Um, I was surprised how quick it happened, actually, yes. Yeah, yeah. So what were those first few months on the program like? And and here where I would love some insight in is a lot of the people that we help um, have some ups and downs at the beginning of a program because of just sort of the natural back and forth between uh, working through arrangements with creditors there might, yeah. you know, there can often be adjustments uh, right. for your finances. So can you tell me some, some about that? You know, actually, it's funny because I do, I have seen people, um, they get frustrated and sometimes concessions aren't, you know, made with um, companies. And I had, I think, one company that didn't accept Green Path's offer. Um, but my start was actually very smooth for me. I was actually very fortunate, and I don't know if it's because you guys work so well with the creditors I had. Um, I immediately thought, I'm going to be without money. How am I going to do this? By the time you guys set up your payment plan and what I was paying was so much cheaper than what I was paying. So here I am paying almost a thousand a month to my creditors, which nothing's coming off. And I'm paying you guys 426, and I've already paid off three carts in less wow. than 10 months. Wow. Yeah, because yeah. I have a, I had a lot of cards that some were 300, some were 500, some were, I, you know, I had smaller balances. I mean, I had one company that I, they said I didn't owe enough. So I made the call to them. This is another thing I was surprised about. I made the call to this company and they said, well, if you owed 600, we would work with Green Path, but you only owe 500. So I said, okay, well, they said, we'll work with you. I said, okay, well, what will you do? And they're like, well, we'll give you 0% interest. I'm like, okay. I hung up the phone. I immediately called GreenPath because I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to screw up you know, my, my program. And they said, oh, that's great. We'll make the payment for you. And I said, oh, I don't even, she was, nope, we already have it figured in. So on top of it now, the one that wouldn't um, work with GreenPath, they're getting the payments from GreenPath every month and they are since paid off. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That'll do that. Yeah. So I think that's a, a lot. There's a lot of things I see even on Facebook. People have questions about things like that. And I think these podcasts are going to be great um, for people to learn, you know, those types of things, because there's so many questions you have when you first get started. You know, some of the things you don't know, um, like the concessions part, like, what does that mean? Or why isn't this one accepting it? And why is this one accepting it? You know, um, so I found a lot of information, like I said, on Facebook. Um, and even just that first podcast that you did, you know, yeah. so I think this is like a great thing for people. Um, they don't have to be embarrassed. There's other people out there that um, are going through what they're going through. And um, if you have questions, I found it so easy to chat with anybody at Green Path or make that call. So my transition into the program seemed pretty smooth. And if there was a couple little bumps on the way, you know, like I said, I just picked up the phone or I did an online chat and they always took care of everything for me. And even my creditors, when they first started to call, mm. I said, I'm working with Green Path. They said, oh, okay, great. Thanks for the information. I never heard from them again. I never dealt with them again. Wow. Yeah. It's good. That's a huge relief. When you're taking, you know, 10 calls a day and then you have Green Path working for you and they're taking over for you and they take care of all the calls and everything that's going on and you don't have to do that anymore. That was a huge relief to me at the beginning. Yeah, and, and you mentioned also the the closed Facebook group. So we have a closed Facebook group for yes. um, people that have received a counseling session from us, whether they've enrolled in a debt management plan or not. Yeah. And you said you would set up, uh, you would join that group right after your, your initial call. Um, I did actually, the minute I got my ID, I, I joined that group and just waited to be accepted. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. And so what were your sort of your first impressions? I'm sure you're someone that, that's on Facebook separate from that, of course. Yeah. Um, you know what? Yeah. Like what were your first impressions as you, as you joined? You know, it's funny because I sat back for a bit and I just kind of watched is what I did. Just trying to see, you know, people put things up. And the biggest thing I got from the Facebook group was so much encouragement to continue. Um, people are so encouraging on there. And another thing I noticed on there, I can't find one bad thing about Green Path on there. So talk about relief. Now, if I'd have got on after I signed up with you guys and seen, oh, I'm having problems with this. I want you don't though. And there's a lot of people in that group. And if you are continuously seeing over and over again, great responses, Green Path is the best thing that ever happened to me. It helps you get through the beginning processes, you know, because it is, it's a skeptical thing. You are skeptical. You're giving somebody else control of your money. You know, you're giving somebody else control of your money. You, you don't, I mean, you can do your research, but look at me. I did my research on my mortgage companies as well. And I got burned with that. You know, so I think having that Facebook group, it helped, it, honest to God, I get on there every single day. I honestly do. And I'll go more towards that than anything else on Facebook. Um, I'll see people that are just starting and they say, I'm really nervous. I'm so glad this group is here. And now I get on and talk. I'm like, you know, encouraging people. And, and I always say, this is the best decision you've ever made. Trust me, you're going to be so happy because that's how I feel. One of the other things that you'd mentioned is uh, you've you've been paying it forward. You've started to actually refer others to Green Path. How how has that gone? And what I mean by that is you you mentioned when it was flipped when your friend had brought it up. You're like uh huh yeah. uh huh, and it yeah. just uh, sort of seeped in there a little bit, and eventually stuck cold. 
Um, yeah. What has it been like on the other side of the, of the people that you've mentioned? Well, you know, I actually, obviously I'm the one to bring it up because and now I don't know, I don't know my friend's finances. I don't know if they're struggling. Um, the first time I brought it up, a good friend of mine, I was actually doing her hair and she, her husband lost his job. Now she has a good job. So I didn't know, you know, anything about their finances. And I started to talk about green path and what I did for green path. Well, she listened very intently to my conversation and it wasn't until she got home and she shot me a message and she said, what was the name of that company again? And we went into like full conversation. So she was the first one I kind of approached with that subject. Not even if it wasn't for her husband losing his job, I probably would have not brought it up at the time. But it's funny after she got on board and she held on to hers for a good couple of weeks. She was very scared. She made the first call. Um, everything was all set to go, but she didn't sign the paperwork. And she would pretty much touch base with me every couple of days, or I would touch base with her and I'd say, "Please, this is this will be the best decision you'll ever make. I promise you." I'm doing it. At the time, I was quite a few months in, and she finally, I got a message one day that said, I did it. I did it. And I said, I'm so proud of you. And after that, you know what I started to think about was there are probably so many other people that I know that are struggling and have no idea. So now I just openly talk about it. Yeah. Just about all the good things that are happening. You know, Whether they express financial stress or not. Yourself. Absolutely. And you know, so far, I have at least three people that honest to God, I had no idea we're struggling. And when I brought up Green Path talking about everything that was happening and how well I was doing, I'm like, can you believe I'm 10 months in and I paid off $4,000. I've been paying these same cards for 10 years and nothing's come down, you know? And um, I remember one of my friends saying to me, it's funny that you mentioned that. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, I'm working with this company. And she rattled off a different company name. And I said, no, stop, don't do it. And I didn't even know anything about this company. I said, please call Greenpath. Please just call Greenpath. She goes, they got all my paperwork. All they have to do is sign. She goes, and this is what red flagged me. He keeps pushing me, keeps pushing me. I said, Greenpath never once pushed me to do anything. They didn't give me a timeline. They didn't say you have to do it right now. And it was just like, I went to them. Now this guy kept trying to push her, sign the papers, sign the papers. We got to do this. We got to do this. Well, after she called you guys and after doing her research, she realized it was, it was a scam. Um, they kept telling her, stop paying your bills for six months and we'll uh, work with you, things like that. So she called Green Path and now she's a couple months in. And, I mean, she's about a month in and she's kind of a little bit nervous about things. Um, certain things haven't, you know, like companies haven't taken their offers yet. But I told her, reach right back out to Green Path, you know, and she did today. And it was taken care of within the day. So one of her big concerns about one of her major credit cards was already taken care of. You've now been on the debt management plan for a little bit under a year. And I know yeah. our plans typically typically take three to five years. Everyone's different, of course. Included. Yeah. What is your, your current outlook as far as how your plan's running and how things are looking financially for you? Well, you know, things are so much better than they were. And it, it shocks me that I'm technically 11 months in and how much progress I've already made. Like I said, I've already paid off three credit cards. Um, I have over four, I think $4,400 is paid off already in 11 months. And if I were doing that myself in 11 months, I, there would be no debt paid off. My balances were never coming down. I, I mean, they weren't. Unless I was going to be able to make double payments, 
they weren't, I wasn't getting my balances down. I'd look at my old credit card slips too. On the bottom, it says this $4,000 you owe will cost you $25,000 in 10 years or something. So now um, I just have so much more peace with my finances. I still have a few things that weren't on the program that um, I've since kind of thought about putting one of them on. So I do have some more debt. Like I still have that loan that I took out, but I have a lot of it paid off. So I'm working on that stuff as I'm letting Green Path work on all the rest of the stuff. So um, my future looks great, actually. Financial future looks great to me right now. And although it's going to be a couple years before I get there, this plan that they have set for me has given me so much relief and um, so many hopes for my future to do the things that I want to do, like one day retire. So at the rate I was going before there, I wasn't retiring because I put money into my 401k and I'd pull it right back out again. I know many people have the experience of having very little wiggle room in their budget and may not have savings to fall back on while they're doing this. So what has that been like? Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I started, um, Green Pass suggested each check I save at least $25 um, something. And I was doing that. And then I did hit a couple bumps in the road again, like medical bills and things like that and dental bills. So unfortunately I ended up using that, but I didn't use a credit card. I paid cash for it. So now I have a little bit in my savings. It's nothing, nothing dramatic or big like I wish it would be. Um, but I know within the next few months after taking care of all the, you know, car repairs, dental bills, things like that. Um, once I get that all squared away, I can start saving again. But I would have never had this extra money to pay these bills if it wasn't for Green Path because I would have just put it on a cre another credit card is what I would have done. Yeah, yeah. So just the fact that even though the, cu the, the cushion got depleted, but it was yeah. cash at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. And Christmas, with that just passing, I paid cash for all of my Christmas presents. I was just about to ask that. Um, so I did. I know last Christmas, that was what was actually the, the motivation in many ways to, to do something about your situation. Right. Yeah, what was this Christmas like with your finances? You know, and it's funny because I, I kept warning the kids, you know, hey, it's going to be a small Christmas. And I'm very fortunate. My kids are great about things like that. My son's 27 years old. He's like, mom. I'm 27. You don't have to worry about me for Christmas. My daughter's 19. She's a very giving person. She always wants to take care of other people. And she always says, mom, seriously, you go way overboard at Christmas. But all the years of struggling, um, Christmas time for me, I don't buy him stuff all year long. I don't get to just pick up things or take them to dinner or take them to do things. So I always feel like, um, I always have that feeling of feeling bad. Like I can't do things like that all year long. I couldn't. So then when Christmas would come, oh, the first thing I would do is run out and start charging everything. And Christmas was like stuff everywhere. And my own kids would say, mom, you really went overboard. You know, mom, you did too much. We tell you this every year. So this year they still had a pretty good Christmas, but it was things they needed um, for school, you know, things like that. But I paid cash for all of it. And they had a great Christmas, you know. So that felt really good because I could still have a good Christmas. I could pay cash for it, you know. And um, it was great. I have no, I, the sad thing is though, from about five years ago, half that credit card debt in Green Path is Christmas. Huh. That's what's scary to me. So I'm thinking, wow, I bought that four years ago and I still owe $1,100 on a credit card for that. Let's think a little bit about Christmas's future. So let's fast forward to the day that you complete your, your debt management plan. Um, are some of the guests we've talked to so far 
uh, reached out to us or we reached out to them after that date. So, so for one, I, I want to commend you for uh, your, your willingness to discuss your journey while you're in the middle of it. You know, you just right. started your plan, as we said, a little less than a year ago. So when you do uh, finish your plan, what might that feel like? You know, like I said, um, talking to you earlier, like I feel as dramatic as it sounds, it's almost like you like you won something. I feel like somebody gave me something for free and that something for free to me is my mental health for my finances because you don't realize how much that puts on you. Um, it's a, it's a mental strain. It's a physical strain. Um, I can remember waking up with stomach aches all the time, going to bed with headaches because I just couldn't you know, figure out how I was going to crawl out of this debt. So to me, that financial freedom, when I do finish this program, is going to be like winning the lottery to me, as dramatic as that sounds, because um, I haven't had it in years, yeah. you know, years. So that, that's a big thing for me. Um, I also know I couldn't have done it without Green Path, because I had been trying for 10 years, and every time I just ended up worse off than I had ever been. Another thing that I have to say is um, I have changed my whole outlook on finances now. Um, now it's like I used to go to lunch a lot. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to run to lunch because I was exhausted and I'd make excuses. I don't have time to prep food because I'm cleaning houses all weekend. Well, couldn't do it last night. I'm cutting hair all night. So I always had all these excuses why I was spending money um, on food out. So I'm racking up debt on food out and, you know, things like that. So I do things, I do stuff like, okay, I'm going to plan two dinners out for the month. That's all I'm going to do. Like, and all of this is, is green path process to me because I never thought this way before. Because if you would have said five years ago, what are you going to do? You're going to pay off all that debt. What are you going to do? Honest to God, I was, I would be thinking a few years ago, get my credit score up so I can buy a new nicer car. So I, I was always Later on, what was I going to buy? What was I going to get? Because I was so tired of being deprived all these years, of not getting what I want, but I don't have that anymore. Now, when I drive past like the coffee place or whatever, I do allow myself so many a month. But when I drive by now, I'll say to myself, I just saved $3. Like I never did that before because $3 was like nothing. I could grab $3 and some change, get a coffee. But now I realize $3 is something and it adds up every week. Yeah. You know, do $3 a coffee every single day you go to work. That's more I could put on another bill. And that's what I've been doing, you know. So, so you know, you, you shared that there's sort of a, a change in your mindset for the types oh. of, of things that you want or what your goals are. So yep. have you thought about what your goals might be? after this program is completed. I know one thing you mentioned was being able to retire. So I'd love yes. to end on that, but other things as well. Um, you know, the, the most important thing to me is to make sure when I'm debt-free that I have a nice cushion. I want a nice savings. I want a savings account in case something happens because you never know. You know, I could get sick later on in life. I could, and even, you know, just anything could come up. Um, I want to make sure that I always have that safety net where I have something in my account. I wanna know that one day I can retire. And also uh, one of the big things I wanna do when this program is over is I wanna go back to work in one job. I love my job. I wanna go in and enjoy my job every day and not dread the five o'clock to roll around because I have to work all night. 
I mean, there's been times I get up at 5.30 in the morning, I start doing hair at 7 a.m., I'm to work by 9, then I get home, and I'll either clean, you know, an office, or I'll do a house on the weekend, so it's like that, like, I, it'll just feel great to get my time back, really, so that's what I'm really looking forward to, is having that financial freedom, having a, a good savings account for a rainy day, and start working towards my retirement. Yeah, time. Time. Get back. Yeah. I think you've talked a lot about this already, but I guess I'll close with uh, what advice you've been giving or you might give to people that might be in a similar situation such as yours. Yeah, I feel like um, I want to say swallow your pride. Um, don't be embarrassed. Reach out to somebody that can help you. Do your homework, of course. Um, it's okay that you ended up here, but your step after this process, like, like, don't keep, I kept knocking myself all the way up into the point of where I'm at, but now I like, it is crazy as sound. I forgive myself for my stupidity with finances before I can make excuses all I want and say, you know, well, this, that, and the other, and it is true. High interest rates, um, really burned me. But I also didn't have to go make more debt at Christmas time, you know. So I'm actually telling myself it's okay now. I messed up. I also didn't have the very good luck of the draw when it came to my mortgage and my husband at the time losing his job. And all of that I can let go now. And I can also let go the embarrassment of it because I'm not the only person in the world that, and, and shockingly to me, there's people that could owe three times more than I owe. So you have to lose the embarrassing part of it and swallow your pride and actually look for help. Um, Green Path was there for me. They made everything so easy. Like I said, my process was really smooth. I'm not saying everybody's will be. I was very fortunate. Um, but the financial freedom in the long run, I just, I'm so excited for. I can't wait. I get on Facebook and I see the post from somebody saying that was my last payment. And I honestly, I feel it. It's like a really heartfelt feeling of like, I, I may have never met you, but I feel I'm so proud of you because you did exactly what you needed to do. And now you're on that, um, you're, you're on the right path. And I don't worry that I'll go back because unfortunately I have seen people say, this is my second time around, but I'm not gonna go back this time. And I already know I'm not going back because this feels, this is much too good of a ride. I, I, don't, I don't ever wanna feel how I did 11 months ago. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of like the fun, easygoing person. You wouldn't know if I was struggling, but I was struggling internally for years and people didn't know. Um, but it was awful. It was an awful feeling. And now I feel, and like I said, it's 11 months. So Green Path has to be doing something right for me because to be this excited 11 months in and see that much progress is a big deal to me. Yeah. And I would just encourage everybody out there who is struggling and like I said, I did my homework and Green Path was like the best choice for me. And I think it would be for, for anybody. Um, just the best thing I've ever done. I can't say that enough. I've really enjoyed uh, being able to give you a platform to share your story, Michelle. And again, so thank happy. you so much for, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me.
joined by my co-hosts, Alexandra and Brad, to reflect on Michelle's story. Alex will kick it off with her thoughts on how sometimes we face obstacles that are out of our control. When Michelle was talking about everything that was happening to her during, like, the financial crisis of um, her mortgage, which is an arm payment, which so many people had at that time, where the payment goes up and down depending on the interest rate of the time, and then when the crisis happens, it, like, skyrocketed up, um, to just imagine, like, whatever your normal monthly payment is on housing, for it to double or triple, like, just to think about how is that possible to even pay. Um, it just, it, that, re that really resonated with me um, because I really got this strong sense that like Michelle's story is an exact re representation of why it's like, it's not okay to judge people on their financial situation because you don't know um, everything that's gone on. And she even talked about how she had done her research on her mortgage and she had done everything that she possibly could think of to like be in a healthy situation and things still didn't turn out how she hoped because of the economy, like something outside of her control. So I, I saw in that same part of the story around her mortgage, some other themes that like really connected to me. So like the, the potential lack of transparency that she had seen in her mind in financial products in the past with her adjustable rate mortgage and like some of the challenges that that caused her in her life that a lot of that actually uh, shifted into uh, some of her apprehension and even calling Green Path. There was kind of a lack of trust at first or skepticism, even though people had been telling her that this could solve some of your problems. Um, and it was really interesting as she was talking about kind of that raw emotion of crying to her friend, there's still like a delay um, in her actually reaching out to Green Path. And so this, like these past experiences that she had had with her mortgage or with other kind of financial products had really caused her to be uncertain. And so it's really um, inspiring then to hear Michelle later on talk about kind of her passion and desire around sharing her own story to try to like help people get over um, maybe some prior experiences and lack of trust. And she really like at one point she had credited that to hearing some of the real voices in the closed Facebook group and, and uh, different places. But I was really excited to hear how that skepticism and lack of trust had really like shifted for her. And now she was really focused on talking to other people about her story to try to help them get over that, over that hurdle as well. It really struck me how she suddenly had so much optimism only 10 minutes into her initial conversation with us. Remember, when she reached out to us, she was at her low point. She did not want to call us initially, right? She was skeptical about it. She thought that there might be other options. She only reached out when she said, I have nothing else. What do I have to lose? And yet within 10 minutes, the specifics of getting on a debt management plan were not presented to her. We hadn't yet figured out her budget to know that she could even afford it or, or what her creditors might be willing to accept. All it was is that a helpful person on the other end of the line was listening to her, was validating her, getting her to see that she wasn't alone, getting her to see that other people had taken this path before. And that's all that it took. And I know it's something that employees at Green Path experience every day. Uh, but it was just so cool to hear her talk about it from the other side of the table 
to share it then subsequently with the world. So the thing I heard from Michelle when she was talking about that first 10 minutes uh, after calling Green Path was, you know, we, we all have these situations where we engage in like, we have fear, you know, we feel isolated, we feel alone. And I, I heard that from Michelle as she was talking. And I wonder how we can think about those situations in the future when we encounter those, whether it's related to debt or something else, and actually identify and look for where can we find support? Because I think what I heard from Michelle was this feeling of like, I found a place that can help support me and can help guide me. Uh, and that feeling of isolation and fear is starting to wash away even without knowing the solution yet at that point. Uh, and I think that can be powerful for all of us to kind of think about as we enter into these moments of fear. She was talking about how um, her, uh, her daughter's coach called and said that um, like they needed the money now for, for her daughter to be able to finish up the, or to keep going in the sport. And that just reminded me of our, like my counseling days um, when people were calling, like when people call us, a lot of times it's at that moment where there's nothing left. There's like, there's no credit card balances left to pay for something like maybe groceries are needed to be purchased for the house or, um, or something like that situation happens where, where like you just can't keep going. There's nothing else. Um, so I, I just, I wanted to call that out that that's something that's common is where, where people come to that point where like, like it's hard to make these decisions to make a big change. And when you still have the capacity to keep using your balances that you have left on your credit cards or to keep going in one way, sometimes it does take the, um, to the moment where you're, you're out of options and, and it's that moment of panic of like not knowing how you're going to put food on the table or not knowing like where that, um, how you're going to pay for that next bill uh, to be able to, to like make the next big choice. Yeah, I, I got the sense in hearing her talk because there was like several situations where um, the opportunity to get assistance either through Green Path or support was presented and she hadn't taken any action. But the moment of like not being able to do something for her daughter seems to be the point that uh, she felt like she had to make a change. And so, you know, I just, I wonder, trying to understand like where people's values are and what, like what are priorities. It's almost like Michelle was willing to make sacrifices for herself, but then the moment when she couldn't fulfill something for her daughter, like that was like a really transformational moment for her um, that, you know, this had gotten, gotten to a point where she couldn't sustain it. And that's actually connected to her other breaking point, even though she wasn't ready to call Green Path at the time, when she talked about not being able to afford Christmas presents. And that's why she initially broke down to her friend. Her friend subsequently gave her the advice to call Green Path. And again, Michelle wasn't ready at the time to take action, but that has a lot in common, right? It was, I can't afford gifts for others. I can't afford being able to, to pay for my, my daughter's needs. So, you know, I think that's something that a lot of people will feel like they can make those sacrifices for themselves, but when it affects their loved ones, it, it could hit you on a very different level. When she was talking about paying for her Christmas presents this year in cash, and um, I could just hear like the pride in her voice of 
having gone from year after year of paying for the Christmas presents on credit cards and, you know, not being able to pay them off right away to being to knowing that she has paid them off in cash and that it's done. She paid them and she's able to give these presents to her loved ones, which is something that she values is giving others gifts and um, knowing that those are debt free. Like it, it's almost like they were, it was more fulfilling then to almost give those presents knowing that, that they like the gift is given and there's no um, further debt or consequences to, to um, having done that. At the beginning of the story, she had other friends that were referring her to Green Path. And of course, the ones that were referring her to Green Path, they were speaking from their own personal experience. And there was certainly a, a healthy dose of skepticism at the beginning. Later on, Michelle talked about um, really enjoying the Facebook app because, uh, or the Facebook group, because she was really feeling connected with others at Green Path, um, not only where she saw herself in their stories, but also just getting excited about a glimpse into the future. Um, as, as, we, as we lifted up, Michelle is only early on in her journey on her debt management program, and she talked of hearing the stories of other people that have actually finished the program, listening to other podcast guests uh, who talked about that, and how excited she was, not only for herself, but just felt a genuine connection to them. And I think it was really cool to see that energy that she felt, I think was one of the reasons why now she herself has been such a strong advocate for Green Path, um, flipping it around uh, to, to inspire other people to reach out to us. Going from like hearing from other people about Green Pass and the potential opportunity of this program and what it might do for her situation to then being 11 months into the program, a year in. And she talked about how, um, like, yeah, she, she heard one of her friends um, having some concerns over her situation and that she then shared with Green Pass at that point. And then she found that the more that she shared her situation, the more people resonated with her story and were more willing to talk about their situations and even potentially reach out to Green Path. And I hope that like we can, I, it just, it really filled me with joy to like hear that, like the way that she was, she was proud of what she's been through and she was proud that she is on this program and what she's doing. And now that she's able to give this opportunity to other people as well, um, I think that is, incredible and I'm so excited for her and for all the people that she then talks to um, and it's breaking down that stigma of um, of talking about our own finances and uh, potentially like helping other people connect to um, an easier path too. She talked about taking out the consolidation loan with the credit union even though it had simplified things it had made her situation such that her payments were easier to manage in terms of just making the one payment, it really did not address the underlying things that were causing the debt to go up, nor did it even pay off the entirety of her debt at that point. I think she even mentioned taking out a retirement loan at one point, and it was the same sort of thing. And this is a common thing that, that we'll see uh, where a solution that looks good on the surface because it's either getting rid of debt, it's lowering interest, but if it's not rooted in a fundamental change as to 
what's causing the debt to begin with, uh, it, it's not really going to get anywhere. And that's when we look at the debt management plan, it's not the debt management plan in and of itself fixed all her problems. It was that coupled with the fact that she made changes to her budget. She changed her mindset, her spending habits. Um, she, because of the nature of the program, is, is not using her debt anymore. She's using cash for things like Christmas shopping. That is really what had the biggest difference is not just the payment plan itself, but the bigger shift in her finances and her outlook. She was talking about how she wanted a a bigger car and like she'd always wanted things like more or just uh, things because she didn't want to sacrifice anymore. Um, I think that's something that's so common is we compare ourselves to what we see others um, purchasing and what they're getting and that we kind of get set up almost like we're um, we're shown all of these things that we we might want to the point like over and over in advertisements that we end up wanting them and then and then we purchase them and it it has like these consequences of uh, bigger payments and then sacrificing like our stress levels and um, I was just so excited to hear at the end where she was talking about how she like she um, She'll pass by a coffee place that she um, used to go into all the time, but um, now she'll reward herself every now and then, but she doesn't go nearly as much as she used to, um, just because she's more aware of like the impact that those small choices do have on her. I do think it's interesting when people are able to make a change. So Michelle made this change of signing up on the debt management program, which probably changed how money flowed through her budget. And then that ultimately resulted in changes in other spending habits and behaviors. And um, it really seems that there was kind of a ripple effect, you know, not only was she seeing a reduction in interest rates and payments and kind of getting her debt structured. So she was finding that that structure with the debt management program, but she was also seeing additional structure outside of it. That ripple effect that Brad mentions is really the whole purpose of this podcast. Our hope is that a ripple can eventually turn into a tidal wave. Always looking for future guests, by the way. If you'd like to share your money story, please email us at education at greenpath.com. Have a great day, everyone. Well, welcome back, hero.